Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, here you are tuned in to America's Home for Conservative Not Bitter Talk, and it is a good decision that you did that today. Good to have you here. Email address Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Thoughts, questions, feedback, opinions, articles, stories, things that you want us to talk about. I got to be honest, today is a day that I am, I want to say overwhelmed because I'm not, I don't get overwhelmed with this stuff. Um, I am just. There's just so many directions that this can go. In fact, as I was preparing, as I was preparing to come on to the the, the show, um, there was I, I saw this video. I, you know, there are certain things that just go right, right through me, and and honestly, you know what it is. I really mean this. When there is an extreme arrogance and self-righteousness. I mean, this goes back to when I was a younger, when I was a kid. I mean, my, I feel like, I don't know, someone might disagree. And I don't want to say that I get along with, with everybody, but I feel like I can get along with just about anybody. But the type of person that makes it nearly impossible for me to go, get along with is a self-righteous person. I, when there's that much pride oozing from someone that you know, you know the type the, the type that thinks they're never wrong, the type that thinks um, that God even needs to ask their permission. They think that they're God's gift to the universe. By the way, this is I think a underlying criteria for being a member of the godless radical left. I think there has to be. Again, I'm very specific in who I'm identifying here. I'm not talking about even liberals. I'm not talking about Democrats. I'm not talking about rank-and-file Democrats. I'm not talking about most most people that even vote Democrat. I'm talking about that fringe, the fringe that embraces the godless beliefs of the radical left, the group that, as we talked about yesterday... um, Sounds like, I mean, folks, it sounds demonic, some of the things these people are saying at these pro-abortion, it's not even pro-choice rallies, it's pro-abortion rallies, but there's this this sense that they really believe, or maybe it's not so much that they believe it, they just desire it. They really believe that they are God. And when you have, this is, I want to be careful here, because as a Christian, all of us have sinned, right? I don't, I don't, I want to be careful here. I'm not. I'm not saying more than what this sounds like. But this is this mindset is an anti-God sort of mindset. It's saying that that person thinks so highly of himself and her or herself or whatever that they have all the answers, and everyone else is an idiot, a buffoon, can't measure up, 
They don't try. You ever notice this? That these radical leftists, they don't even try to persuade. They, they're condescending. They're mocking. They're belittling. And look, there's a time for it. We have fun on here. I joke about the Bernie Sanders uh, leftists and their math capabilities. I don't even want those folks touching a calculator. I don't think they can, they can do a simple function because they've been so corrupted <laughs> by the math of Bernie Sanders. Now, now, I think there's truth in that, but I'm just having a little bit of fun, right? I'm not, and I'm not, if someone genuinely asks me to explain why I believe that, I would do that. I would do that in a way um, that was appropriate and I think fair-minded and, and hopeful that the person would be willing to accept the truth um, that math that's taught by, by the radical left, by the socialist, isn't isn't rooted in, in truth. But I wouldn't belittle and mock them. I don't think that that's... Look, I really want to see people openly accept these things because they're convinced that they are, in fact, true conservative ideas or ultimately uh, the, the truth of the Bible and the uh, Jesus himself. So there are certain things that just go through me. And I have to tell you, right before I was coming on the air, I was flipping through social media feed here. <sighs> Neil, Neil Degrassi here. Neil Degrassi is, sorry here, that was something feeding in from another. Okay, but Neil, Neil Degrassi on social media. There's this thing, I don't want to get into the weeds on it, I just... It hit me right as I got on the air. Oz had to hear me go on about this for a few minutes as we were getting ready to go on the air. And I said, I have to talk about this because this mindset and mentality to me is utterly just despicable. It it really is. I don't mean to come down too hard on uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson or whatever his name is here. The order, I sometimes get the order mixed up of <laughs> It's not intentional. I just don't have it pulled up in front of me here. Um, but I, I think, I think that this sort of, um, this sort of thing is really, really bad, and the condescension that he sp- speaks with, and just the basic mix, mis, uh, misunderstanding. This is supposed to be. He's supposed to be. What is he? An astrophysicist? Someone in, someone in science. He's got a. What's he got? A TV show. Um, he's on TV. I think he's been interviewed by some conservatives. I want to say, I don't know, was it Ben Shapiro? I saw him with somebody. I don't know. And intelligent guy in a lot of ways. But A, he's condescending in this. B, he is, <laughs> he's wrong. He's, he's actually wrong in his description of something as basic as what science is. So there's this thing that peop- that, that's on social media I hadn't even really paid attention to this, but it's Mercury retrograde. And apparently Mercury goes into this phase where a couple of times a year where it appears, it appears that it's no longer moving, appears that it's no longer moving forward in space, but it appears to move backwards. That's not really what happens, scientists tell us. And there are things that are blamed on this. Thing. And you may have heard some of this, I don't know, things like, I don't know, cell phone problems or technology problems or whatever the case may be. doesn't really matter. I don't want to get into that at the moment, but I'm just telling you that because this is what he is discussing when he um, 
when he begins this, I don't know, kind of self-righteous behavior. And he's he's wrong on top of that. So with all that being said, I, I just want to play this really quickly. I'm going to have to bleep out a word because he um, has to go and say uh, BS here, which whatever, we're just not obviously going to play that. Um, but here is, I want to, I just, this is, this is the mindset, mentality, persuasive method, if you will, of today's radical left. Hey, stupid, you don't agree with me? You're an idiot. Hey, moron, you're, you're not believing science, this sort of thing. So I want you, I want you to listen to this and I want to talk about this and I want to get to some other things today. I just had to start here because this got me so fired up behind the scenes that I couldn't help myself. Here it is. Why is it not playing loudly enough, Oz? Probably is keeping you alive right now, but hold hold that aside. If you don't believe in science, then... Let's let's restart that again. Restart that. Hold on. It wasn't queued up loudly enough. Let's try that again. Here we go. If you uh, don't believe in science, which probably is keeping you alive right now, but... Hold that, hold that aside. If you don't believe in science, that means Mercury in retrograde means all kinds of bad things are going to happen to you now. Okay? okay. If you do believe in science, you will know it's all bull- bad things will happen to you, regardless. <laughs> so get over it. All right, he's trying to use a little humor there. But what I wanted to talk about here, when I heard him say this, I said to Oz, "That's not what science is." He says science. Is keeping you alive. Now, I understand what he's trying to say. He's, science, why does this, why does this upset me so bad? Because number one, the left walks around acting like, portraying this false image that says they, they are the ones who have access to scientific truths. They are the ones that have embraced them. And the rest of us hayseed hicks in fill in the blank of some flyover state or some small town community that they think is just full of idiots. Um, which, by the way, I mean, I'm out here in flyover country myself. This, they, they think that about people like us. So this, they want that perception. They are intelligent. We are stupid. They believe in science. We believe in witchcraft and, I don't know, some fantasy myths um, of the of the universe, right? We don't believe in in science. We're not smart enough to understand how sophisticated those modern radical leftists are. But just a bunch of dumb hayseed hicks. That's that's the perception here. And the truth is, the truth is that is not accurate. So they also use this. They also use this as a. Uh, as a wedge to separate, or they think they can, and they're successful at this sometimes. Successful in separating people who believe in God um, from from that belief. And again, it's mocking. It's it's putting down these people who believe in God, which would include me as well. Um, and so he would say science you know it, it's it's pitted as science versus faith these two things are incompatible right but of course that's not not the slightest bit true not the slightest bit true in fact if you want to get down to it for someone who understands that this universe had a beginning which we all know everyone even scientists agree it had a beginning time matter and space had a beginning the only thing that can create something 
uh, create time, matter, and space is something that is outside of or more powerful than or is not comprised of any of those things, right? Matter can't produce matter. Um, you know, it, th- those things didn't exist. There was a beginning, and there's this immaterial God that spoke that or made that happen. And we know this. Even science, uh, scientists, it is scientific. You can say if you are pro-science, if you are pro-science, you must believe, you can say. Science demands that you believe the universe had a beginning. Otherwise, what are we left with? That the universe was self-created? That nothing created itself? That the universe is eternal? Of course, it can't be eternal if it had a beginning. That's the opposite of what that means. So the only thing you're really left with is that something created the universe. And then when you study science, if you understand whatever that something is, and at this point, I doesn't, I'm not even demanding it be, I think it's clear that it's the Christian God. Let me, I think it's very, very overwhelming that that's the evidence, but be that as it may for a moment, if there is, um, if, if there's a creator, science is the study of how that creator made things to function. Science does not keep us alive. I told Oz, it's kind of like saying math is what puts money in your checking account. No, math helps you balance the checkbook. Math helps you figure out how much money's left, how much money is spent. If your records match the bank's records, that's what math helps you do. And if there's a problem, math can help you figure it out, right? That's, that's what this is. Math doesn't put the money there. Science doesn't keep you alive. Science is the study of the world, right? The study of the natural world. Um, I think there's another part of the definition there. What is it? Uh, The physical and natural world, studying the structure and behavior through observation and experiment. So how does the study of the physical world keep you alive? The study is, is how you observe it. The study is what you see happening in it. The study helps you see, oh, this is what happens when you do X. This is, this is a predictable event. When this happens, this happens, right? That's what the science, science is the study of that. And then we actually have things that are so predictable, they become scientific laws, which by the way, there's a scientific law called the second law of thermodynamics, which basically, basically means that things have been moving from a highly organized state to complete chaos, which is another another proof as to why the universe did not uh, has not been eternal. Because if it was eternal, it would have reached a point of complete chaos by now. Because the idea of an eternal universe not having reached—I mean, it doesn't even make sense to say tomorrow something will happen in an eternal universe because it's had as many days <laughs> previous as it would have needed to reach whatever condition, final condition you said that it would have needed to, or that it was inevitably going to reach. I just It just bothers me. I wasn't planning on talking about this. I just saw this as I was getting ready, and I just thought, this is the sort of stuff. It may be subtle. It, it's, it's insidious. It's everywhere, right? Any, any leftist will take an opportunity to be condescending, a radical leftist now. I'm not, again, I'm not talking about liberal. I'm not talking about... Democrat, I'm talking about a godless radical leftist, someone who thinks you're an idiot if you believe in God, someone who believes that 
you know, if you believe in God, you can't believe in the science. And and then thinks that they're smarter than us, which of course leads us down the, the path of why they think they have all the answers, why they believe in a technocracy. They want the experts running our lives because they think average people are too stupid because we're over here, you know, talking about myths and legends while the real brainiacs are meeting at liberal think tanks and so forth, which of course is ridiculous because their worldview is actually built upon the most unreliable of things, which is the mind and the heart, maybe I should just say the heart, of humanity. This is the same ideology, the same worldview that led to things like communism, which killed 100 million people in the 20th century alone of their own people for no reason other than they didn't fit into the acceptable range of political beliefs, religious beliefs, what have you, obedience to the regime at hand. And it's insidious amongst these people. I'd welcome a conversation. Tell me how this is, tell me how science keeps me alive. I understand that the things in that, that you know, biology, how the, the heart works, how the lungs work, and there's a, a scientific explanation, right? I understand that. And I understand that science explains how the body, it can explain how the body works. But just because it can explain it, it doesn't mean that it's the one that's the, dare I say, author and the one, the author of life and the one who holds all things together. Ironically, and perhaps the greatest irony of ironies, by having a belief in science, we're really trusting and putting our faith in the one that created those laws to work so dependably, so predictably, so perfectly. And I've got to take a time out. Sorry, I, I look, I just, I had to get this off my chest. I was fired up. It was going to be chomping. Uh, you know, I, I was going to be chomping at the bit, wanting to, to just get this out of my system because this, this to me is a microcosm of how leftists talk down to conservatives. They use this as further proof to say, you know, conservatives are so stupid. Look at what I had to say to them. I had to remind them to believe in science, these bunch of idiots, right? That's, that's the narrative. Of course, when they're in charge, look at what happens. Folks, did you see that they're expecting, or uh, I shouldn't say expecting, they're preparing for gas to hit perhaps $10 a gallon? Only the know-it-all experts could create circumstances with outcomes like that. Right? Who built, who built the Titanic? Was it not the experts? Right? Who are the ones that came with the ideas of communism? Was it not the ever-so-learned and brilliant Karl Marx? I mean, folks, these people come up with things that do not work, that are not reliable, that actually cause massive problems. Whose economy is this? It's not Donald Trump's economy, my friends. It's Joe Biden's economy. It's the radical left's economy. This is hurting people in unfathomable ways. Absolutely despicable. And yet they have this condescending, self-righteous attitude that doesn't even let them see that. They refuse to accept that their ideas, their beliefs, their 
thoughts, their preferences, that their worldview is morally bankrupt, and it leads to all sorts of negative things. We are experiencing it right now, and they're trying to switch gears. They're trying to switch gears. They're trying to use this shooting to talk about guns. They're trying to use this shooting to talk about Republicans being racist and that the shooter is the, what was it, the uh, Rolling Stone magazine actually said that this shooter in Buffalo was not some fringe individual. No, no, no. This person in Buffalo was actually your average Republican, they said. This is, again, this is coming from the ever-so-brilliant, well, according to themselves anyway, ever-so-brilliant radical left. I got to take a time out, my friends. Sit back or sit tight. We'll return here in a moment, and we're going to shift gears and talk about some of this other lunacy that's candidly designed to shift your eyes, to shift my eyes, to shift your friends, neighbors, families' eyes off of the real problems that we're facing in this country to deal with something else that government is never going to solve, at least to the degree that they want us to believe. Um, Anything that's going to help them avoid an absolute shellacking here this November. Long in this segment, sit tight, my friends, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I look of all the things, it is so so fascinating to me the way that the media depicts people who listen to talk radio programs like this. They often depict listeners as people who don't have a ability to think for themselves, so they tune in and listen to what they're supposed to think, which, of course, just illustrates how little the left understands about talk radio, about conservatism. They don't care to understand it either, my friends. I know I'm under, under no delusions or illusions here. So... What's ironic is that what they do is actually, as normally the case, is what they um, they do precisely what they accuse their political opponents of doing. So the left knows – I want to set up the next segment. I was long, really long last segment, so I got to get back on track here. The left knows they're in for a political shellacking in November. Now – that doesn't mean that we shouldn't vote. That doesn't mean we should let our guard up, any of that, right? I, you know what I think about this. There's a reason we play the game. I was was an athlete when I was younger. Those days are long since past us, but I never, I never thought we were out of a game. And honestly, I didn't realize how rare that mentality is until I got a little bit older. But we need to have that mentality. There's... Until the votes are counted, and of course that brings up a whole other series of thoughts and conversations, but until the votes are, are counted, you know, there's nothing that you know, has, has been accomplished yet. We have to see this thing through. That being said, the conditions, the conditions are such that they, the radical left, should pay a massive political consequence. And so, and I want to be careful here. I don't want anybody listening to this and think I'm saying something that I'm not. The radical left, they are 
They, they never sleep. The politics, as I've said, government is their God. And so they're constantly looking for things, for positions, for opportunities where they can move the narrative to talk about the things that they think help them or at least don't hurt them as badly as, well, living your life does right now. Folks, if you have, if you have a car and you're going to the gas pump every whatever it is, say you gas your car up once a week or whatever it is, I mean, there is no way to avoid that. To, there's nothing the left can do. They can try to blame Trump. They can try to blame whoever. But folks aren't stupid. Folks know that it wasn't like that when Trump was president. And they know it was also going up before Ukraine and, and before Russia invaded Ukraine. So that's not the whole story. I'm not saying it's none of the story, but it's not the whole story. The whole well. There's a lot of parts of the whole story. I'm not going to go into that right now. But, you know, between filling up your gas, buying groceries, um, trying to get, if you have babies, young, young, children, who, young children who are still on, uh, you know, on formula, th- that's a massive problem. Massive problem. Right? If you're, uh, folks, if you, if you go to restaurants and you find, signs on doors that say sorry we don't have enough staff for the day and i'm not blaming all every single thing on joe biden i'm simply saying i'm simply saying that it's unavoidable that things are to realize that things are markedly worse incredibly worse in our day-to-day life day-to-day lives than it was when trump was president and factor in that in our presidents who are in power parties who are in power Rarely, they often lose, they, they typically do lose some seats um, in the midterm elections. And you factor in districts that have just been redrawn. I mean, there, there's 50 reasons to think that Republicans, just on, uh, just based upon likelihoods of what's going to happen and how scenarios are shaped out, are in a much better position. And so they want to move the discussion to anything besides besides the economy, besides gas prices, besides inflation. Inflation, by the way, probably don't have time to get into this today, but I was listening to Milton Friedman, um, an economist who uh, passed away, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago is my guess. Uh, Brilliant economist. If you haven't read anything by Milton Friedman, I encourage you to do that. But he, he said the cause of inflation is government and what it does with the money supply. Just the, some people just say inflation's only things getting more expensive. It's not that simple. Sometimes the cost of things go up because of other factors. Sometimes that goes up directly due to monetary policy. And as Milton Friedman so brilliantly said, what did he say? Was it him that said this? Taxation, uh, inflation is taxation without legislation. It's brilliant, by the way. He's exactly right. It's a form of a tax, making your money worth less, but there's no piece of legislation that they can point to. It's monetary policy, and that monetary policy is being directed by this White House. It's having a direct impact on you, so they want to change the narrative. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not accusing them of cheering for what happened or whatever, but the opportunity is there now for this conversation to move not just to not just to gun control, which it will. It's also gun control 
um, racism and the Republican Party and how the Republican Party they so uh, they they claim is causing racism, causing uh, hatred for certain groups of people, and effectively rallying people to go and kill. Um, I mean, this is basically what some of them are saying, my friends. I, I don't know what else to say. So this will be debated and discussed, but no serious person believes this. No no serious person believes any of this. But I want to talk about this. I want to play a soundbite from the new uh, chief deceiver there over at the White House who took the place of Saki here uh, this week. She's already off to a humdinger of a start, as we've as we've already articulated and laid out from yesterday, some of the ridiculous things that she's that she said. Anyway, take a time out, get into some of these things, talk about how they're looking to make this election about anything other than what's you know than what you're dealing with, than what the average American family is dealing with each and every day, thanks to the policies of today's political party that's in power which is the Democrat Party, which is being run by the extreme, godless, radical left. Back uh, back in a minute, my friends. Welcome back, my friends. So yesterday at the uh, White House press briefing, Corrine Jean-Pierre, the newest, she's the replacement for... She's the replacement, as Echo has made herself known here in the background. Um, <laughs> she's she uh, replacement of Jinsaki, as I like to think of her. She is now officially the chief disinformation officer of, of the White House, which is ironic because the White House is trying to start this Ministry of Truth, and so you would think that in a perfect world or a world well in a perfect world. We wouldn't have people that are professional deceivers speaking for the White House or for a political party for that matter. And we wouldn't have a ministry of truth. But you would also think, if these things were really what they thought they were, that Kareem Jean-Pierre would be cited constantly by the ministry of truth. Of course, that's a laughable notion, but nonetheless, that's how that should really work. But I want you to listen. I want you to listen. This is a long explanation here that she's going to give us. But I want you to listen how she frames this uh, this shooting in Buffalo, which is awful, terrible. All shootings are. Whatever the motivation to that one uses to kill somebody, reprehensible, evil, despicable. So, I mean, self-defense is one thing if you're protecting yourself. But if it's an aggressive act, whatever the reason, bad, inexcusable, you know, it's just it's it's evil. But I want you to listen. Normally, remember, we talk about mental health. Um, in fact, I program on Monday. I talked about how I got a little bit. I think we've avoided the main part, which is just the choice of people to do evil. So I want you to listen. She glosses over this. She, she has a long spe- spiel. She is reading. She's reading 90% of this from the binder. Um, and she is... She she does this long dissertation on one of my uh, on mental health, and then she gets into what she really wants to do, which is frame this as um, well. It's not just that they want to tie the shooter to 
They, they want to say Republicans have inspired shooters like this because the Republican Party is a party of racists that are encouraging white supremacists. And this is a case in point. And, of course, they're going to try to run on this in November and say, hey, look, I know there's a lot of bad things in your life, but do you really want our country to be run like the KKK? That's basically, I'm just, that's how they're going to try to frame this. So I want to, I want to play, actually, I'm going to take a timeout. Forgive me for this. I just looked at the clock. Timeout, we'll play this clip when we get back. It's a little bit longer than a usual clip I'd play on here, but we'll get to this after the break. Sit tight, my friends, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Let's listen here. The soundbite I promised you last segment that I didn't get to. This is Corrine Jean-Pierre uh, going through a long dissertation explaining how we shouldn't talk about this any longer as a mental health problem because, again, they want to do something else politically with this. It's an election season an election year, and they know that they're about to pay the wrath at the polls. I, look, we have to be able to talk about these things. This Rahm Emanuel, former, what, mayor of Chicago, Obama team member, said never let a crisis go to waste. It's, it's reprehensible and pitiful, but I don't know what else to say. But I want you to listen to this question and her response. Um, we understand that the shooter did purchase his guns illegally, but he did have a history of mental health issues and was held for an evaluation last year. So does the White House believe he should have been prevented from owning a gun because of that history? And how does the administration propose doing so in the future? So just give me a second, because I, I really want to touch on this. It's really important. Um, our nation is facing a mental health crisis, so it's important to call that. Uh, one that is worsened by acts of violence, like the one we saw in Buffalo, uh, that can traumatize communities, especially communities of color. And anyone seeking support in the wake of shootings like this should con contact Disaster Distress Helpline at 1-800-985-5990. Help is available uh, at 24-7, 365 days a week, uh, day of a year, I should say, uh, for people who are experiencing emotional distress related to any natural or, or human-caused disaster. We are committed to expanding access to mental health for all Americans. The American Rescue Plan made historic investment in mental health and substance use uh, substance use care. And in his first uh, State of the Union, the president unveiled his vision uh, for transforming mental health in the United States. His comprehensive strategy focuses on building a system that works for everyone by increasing the supply and diversity of the mental health workforce, connecting more people to care by lowering cost uh, and other barriers and creating environments that help prevent mental health problems. So basically, a law was passed, so we shouldn't talk about mental health anymore. The president's agenda is to increase the supply of mental health services, which I just the amount of the amount of arrogance or stupidity, depending upon how you look at it, that's involved in believing the president's the one that provides the supply of mental health services. What is this? What have we gotten to? But this this, by the way, don't get bogged down in all this stuff she's saying. What she's doing is she's going through and talking and wanting people to say, wow, she really thinks mental health is serious, but she's she's going to pay every bit of uh, respect she can to that it's just so that she can say it's not what this is about anymore. It's about something else. It's about these evil Republicans who are out there causing systemic racism. 
who are inspiring white nationalists. That's where we're going to end up here. If you can hang on for just a bit longer, she goes through this. Court recovery. While we are committed to this work, I want to also underscore that the overwhelming majority of individuals with mental health problems do not commit acts of violence. No kidding. Um, and so comments that you make this about owners. mental health only further stigma- stigmatizing uh, mental health issues and detract from owners? the other issues like gun violence uh, that must con- that must be confronted in our society. So just want to make that clear that we are not stigmatizing. I mean, look, this is this goes back to making sure that, uh, uh, you know, we have gun reform, right? This goes back to making sure that um, uh, we, we, you know, the president's going to continue to call on Congress uh, to make that happen. And so, you know, when it comes, I just wanted to make sure when we talk about mental health, we talk about it in its fullness. Uh, and like I said, not every, uh, it, it's not, it's, it, it, you know, not every individual uh, that has a mental health problem commits, uh, commits acts of violence. So I just want to make sure that we don't stigmatize it. Yeah, so that all was done. Again, that was all done so that they can change what this issue is about, which is about gun control, number one, which is what they're going to talk about next. And then number two, they're going to use this to talk about racism, about nationalism, and how the Republicans are responsible for this. Don't believe me? I mean, I've already seen it. Liz Cheney, by the way, has made a comment. Liz, who's a Republican? Republican herself. I saw that earlier. I'm going to look it up during the break. But this is this is where this is headed. This is where this is headed. This whole that whole speech on mental health was to to, to pay it respect, so that now they can move along without actually having to. You know, they they said the right things about it, and now she can firmly. The Democrat Party can make it about guns and can make it about race, which even, look, I'm not saying that this wasn't about race in this case, but they want to tie it to the Republican Party. They want to tie it to Elise Stefanik, um, to Tucker Carlson, to whoever. Heck, maybe yours truly when this is all said and done, but this is how they operate, and it's because they are about to face the wrath of voters at the polls. And they know that they have to change the narrative somehow. And this is right now their best option. Quick time out, my friends. Be back here in just a minute. All right, my friends, that's almost all the time we have. There's two more things I want to get to really quickly. Number one, I referenced both of these things earlier in the program. I want to read you a tweet from... Liz Cheney, yes, Liz Cheney, Republican. She tweeted this out uh, a couple of days ago. Of course, this is in response to the the shooting. I mean, this is what all stems. Uh, this uh, has, has started all this. She says the House GOP leadership has enabled white nationalism, white supremacy, and anti-Semitism. History has taught us that what begins with words ends in far worse. GOP re- leaders must renounce and reject these views and those who hold them. Well, I don't. Who's not? Who's not rejecting this? By the way. Anyway, that's the first one. The second one here, Rolling Stone. I referenced this off the top as well. They tweeted out that the Buffalo shooter isn't a lone wolf. He's a quote mainstream Republican. Folks, I gotta go. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.